Well, good morning, Grace Hills. Uh, hey, I'm excited that you're here today. Uh, we're going to read today, if you've got a Bible with you, in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to do uh, just some good old Bible study today and walk through a verse and, uh, and just talk about it this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to be in verse 11 through 16, I think, this morning. Uh, what we're going to talk about for a few minutes is this, about why coming to church matters. Why does coming to church matter? Which is a huge question in today's society. And if we're honest, there's been a lot of ways that you can, you can uh, have experiences with God, right? That you can, that you can uh, get teaching, that you can do things in a lot of different ways. I think COVID was a thing where we kind of come to this moment of like, does going to church matter? Why does it matter that we actually show up? Why does it matter to actually be here? And I want to talk to you about that today because I think it's very easy for us just to feel like gathering in a building is something culturally that we just have done and to not realize the importance of our life. And here's the thing, God commands it in scripture, right? He tells us to come and to be a part, to not forsake the gathering together. So obviously God values it, but I think the bigger question is why? All right, why does he value? Why does he tell us to do it? And here's what I want to get across to you today, and it's this, is that there is depth and maturity in your life that you will never reach outside of the church. There is depth and maturity in your life that you will never reach outside of the local church, which is not a popular opinion. Right, That's not a super fun thing for me to come up in here to say, because we feel like we got everything we need. Right? We feel like, I, I got this thing figured out. I got life figured out. I can do this thing. Like I've got all the capabilities, everything I need to move through life and to be mature. And I'm great and I'm awesome. And I got this thing figured out. But what we read in Scripture and what we find is that there is a depth and maturity that you're never going to reach on your own. What we see in our lives and what, what God teaches, that, that there is that part that we'll never get on our own. Let me say it to you another way. is this way, that there are pieces to your growth that you can never attain on your own. I'll give you an illustration. It's kind of like this. So I like to work on my car, and uh, I can be, actually, I take that back. I'm cheap, so I work on my car sometimes. And, uh, and sometimes it incredibly frustrates me. But, you know, when there's basic things, I'll do it. So, you know, like if I can go and I can go and I can, uh, I can change brake pads, right? I can, I can change out all kinds of stuff. I can replace the radiator. But then there's some things that it's just like I do not have the capacity to do on my own. Like when it comes to pulling out a transmission, and rebuilding transmission, it's like, I'm out. Like, that is far beyond me. I don't have the tools necessary or the know-how to be able to accomplish that, right? I, I, I just can't. And here's what I would say to you is it's kind of that way with our lives, right? There's some things that we can do. There's some things that we can accomplish on our own. There's some pieces that we have to offer and some things, but there are pieces of the puzzle. There are tools that you need that you do not have outside of the local church, God designed it that way. God built it that way. And there is ways that you will not be able to accomplish without it. Can you be a Christian and not go to church? Absolutely. 100%. Man, God loves you. God will work in your life. God will do amazing things for you. We believe that. We believe that he'll bring salvation into your life and you not be plugged into the church. 100%. Absolutely. But that does not mean right, that you're going to get to the level of maturity and growth that you need in your life to function well, and you'll never reach the full capacity of what God has to offer you outside of the church, right? There's pieces that when we're connected together that God instills in us that we have together, 
So we're going to look at that today in Ephesians 4, and I want to show you what God says about it. What I want to show you is this, is that the system that God created to bring you maturity in your life is the local church. The system that God created to bring you maturity in your life is the local church. If you got your Bibles, Ephesians 4.11, we're going to read this together. Here's what he says, Ephesians chapter 4.11. He says, now there are great gifts. These are the gifts that uh, Christ gave the church. He says, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. So here's some leadership of the church. And he says, here's the reason that God gave us uh, that these types of people. He says, their responsibility is to equip. Everybody say equip to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, here's a couple things I want you to notice in this. First part is this, is that he says, equip the church, not entertain the church. Right, the idea of when we come in here isn't that you just come in and that you watch and that you get to be a part and then you go home and then that it's great and that you've done your duty. Right. Also, it's not that you come to church that way. You just service your duty of what you needed to do. But the idea is that we're coming into this room, that we're coming into this building. And as we come together, we sing these praises, we learn from the word of God and that we talk to each other, and we build each other up and that we are equipped then to begin to go into our life and begin to see God work through our lives, right? The idea isn't that we just come here and leave and that we're not affected, but the idea is that we're coming here putting on, in a sense, the armor of God that we're, that we're building ourselves up so that way we can begin to go and do the work of the church, right? That's what we're called to do. So you can begin to go and see God work in your family because you've been equipped. So that you can begin to see God work in your, in your business or see God work as you're, as you're at your job, right? The idea is we're coming in here to be equipped. And then here's the second thing I love is he says this. He says, so that you can build up the church. And I think one of the hardest things that we've gotten into in westernized churches is that we think that the pastor and the pastors and the staff, right, they're, they're professionals, right, and that we all come to hear from the professionals and then we go out and leave. But that's not what the Word of God teaches at all. What it says is that we're coming in to be equipped, we're equipping you, right, and so that way that you can go and begin to see the kingdom of God happen in your family, see the kingdom of God happen in your job, see the kingdom of God happen wherever you're at, that it's not that you're coming here for church, but that we're equipping you to begin to go and see church happen everywhere in your life. That's what he says. And then he goes on here and he says this. He says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be, and I want you to catch this word, mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. What he says here is that the goal, right, where we want to be is to be mature, where we begin to look like Jesus, whereas we reflect God in our lives, that we reflect him in our marriages, that we reflect him in our lives, and that we become mature believers. Then he describes the necessity of maturity in our lives, and he describes what maturity looks like. So this is helpful, and this is where we're going to focus on today, what maturity looks like, how the church actually helps us in our life. In verse 14, he says this. He says, then, once we've reached maturity, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, and I love this, instead, we will speak truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 
I love what he says. He says that as we reach maturity in our lives, here's some things that happen. Here's what begins to flow from that. In other words, this is the fruit of maturity in our lives. And what I want you to see today from the fruit of maturity is how necessary coming spiritually mature is for your life. So I want to unpack these verses. So here's three things that we see in this passage is this. Number one is this. The local church is designed to give you a foundation that protects you and gives you discernment. Right? Here's what he says. He's talked about the reasons why we come to church and why we're a part of church. In Ephesians 4.14, he says this. He says, then we will no longer be immature like children. He says, now get this. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Now, I want to say this. How necessary is that in today's culture? Right? We live in a culture that is in a crisis of discernment. How many times do you hear, where is truth? What do we know is truth? What do we know what's right? How do we know what's right and what's wrong? What do we, where is all this stuff? What is all this stuff? We're, and here's what I would tell you is this, is that we are not in a truth crisis, but we are in a discernment crisis. Truth has always been available. Lies has been available. And really, in reality, like we have more access to truth than probably any generation in past history. But the other hand of that is that we also have more access to lies and deception from the enemy than ever before. So it's not a truth crisis. The truth is there. The word of God has not disappeared, right? It doesn't go, oh, wow, just because there's a lot of stuff on Facebook. Now I don't know where, what God's word says. No, truth is still there. The trick is for us is that we're in a place of discernment crisis, where we don't know how to discern what is right, what is wrong, what is truth, what does God say, how does God lead us? What Paul teaches us is that discernment comes into our life through a foundation that's built by the church. And I, I know that may not be popular. We always want to feel like that we, we got it all figured out, but this is what Paul says. As we grow to maturity through the teaching of the church and as we grow through relationship in, in the church, that we are able to have discernment in your life. Because as we mature, you think about a toddler. Toddlers are just dumb sometimes. Like, right? Like, I, I had a, my nephew one time convinced that I was the strongest man in the world. And as you can see, I am not the strongest man in the world. But he literally believed me, and it was great. And... uh. But he, obviously, he's not that smart when he was young. And toddlers just are not that brilliant. And here's the deal. When you grow into maturity in life, you begin to have discernment and understanding. You're not nearly as gullible as you were. It's the same way spiritually. As you come, as you grow, as you walk with people that know Jesus, right? As you begin to grow in the teaching of the church, the reason why we're here talking about it is because we want you to have discernment and understanding. As you begin to do that, it gives you discernment in your life. That's what Paul is saying, right? Is that as you grow to maturity through the equipping of the church, you won't be gullible to the devil's lies. Because as you are equipped with truth, it's easy to spot the lies, Right? They talk about it, I've shared this before, but like when they, were, when they teach bank tellers right, how to spot counterfeit bills, one of the things that they do is they put a lot of real dollar bills in their hands because they feel like a certain way. And they, when you have it in your hands, you, you know it, right? You can feel it. It's made out of a different material. And so when you know that dollar bill really well and then something counterfeit comes along, it's like, oh, that ain't right. right? And it's the same way with the word of God. As you come 
and you begin to learn and you grow and you walk in relationship with other people and you're growing in your understanding of God's word and what it is, when a lie comes along, you go, hmm, that doesn't feel right. There's something here that, it, that, it, that, that doesn't quite set right with me. There's something here that I, that I don't understand. And then it leads you, right, to do a little more inspection, a little more discernment. What is that? That's discernment in your life beginning to come out. And what Paul teaches us, the way that that shows up in our life is that we come and that we learn and that we grow, right? It's huge. You think about Adam and Eve. What, what was the thing that took them down, right? It was discernment, right? The enemy came and he lied to them and said, hey, do this. And they didn't discern what was right and what was wrong. And they believed the deceptions of the devil. Jesus, when you think about Jesus, when he's tempted, right? Jesus goes into the desert, he's tempted. And what does he do? The devil comes and tries to tell him some lies and convince him and tempt him in a different way. And what is Jesus's response? He comes back, no, here's what the word of God says. And he fights falsity with truth. And so here's the reality is you're not gonna be able to like study for every single situation you're gonna run into. If you're like, hey, I wanna know everything about everything so that way anytime a lie comes up, I know everything and it's gonna be good. You're gonna fail. There's no way that you can understand every single lie that could ever come about. There's no way that you could understand everything. But the way that you counteract the lies of the enemy in your life is to be so entrenched in the truth that when a lie comes, it goes, hmm. That's not right. That's how you do it. When we're equipped with the truth, it's easy to spot the lies. We live in a world full of lies. And here's what I'd say. It is vital to your life that you have discernment. And the avenue that God created to grow discernment in your life is the local church. And once again, I think sometimes we don't like to hear that if we're honest, because we like to think I'm smart enough on my own. I got this figured out. I don't need anybody else. Like I'm pretty smart and I can figure this out. I think about it uh, a few years ago, I was at Walmart and I went into the place where you can um, send the Western Union telegrams and all that kind of stuff and money. And there was this old gentleman there and uh, it just gotten in on one of those phone scams where somebody had called him and he was in there and he was trying to wire money to somebody and and there was a really sweet girl behind the counter that was trying to help him and I remember her she was just she's like hey and she was being super gentle and kind and being saying like no I I'm trying to explain this to you but like and she was trying to walk him through it and like this is a scam this and I remember how just like angry he was at her and he's like if I if if," he's like I'm smart enough that I would know and blah 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 and he starts going like I couldn't be fooled I know my cousin I know this blah 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 and he started going off all this stuff really angry and mad at her and I was thinking he's just trying she's just trying to help him right but he was so just convinced that he could figure this out and that he knew what was right and he knew what was wrong and I'm going to tell you sometimes we get into that same attitude in the church and we think I don't need anybody else I can figure this out on my own I'm smart I got this I got this thing and I can do let me tell you you need help You need people in the church. You need to be able to come about. There's people in my life, right, that when I'm walking through something, there's that that moment where some of them feel quite right. I got people in my life that I call and I say, hey, let me talk this through with you. Let me walk this through with you. That's what the church is created to do, to bring you to sermon. So how does the church build the sermon in you? Here's a couple ways. By maturing you in your faith. One of the ways that we do that is by teaching you the truth. Right? If you want to identify a lie, you refute it with truth. But here's the second thing that I think the church is so helpful with is this. is teaching you how to hear the Holy Spirit. 
When we think about, right, as the Holy Spirit is active, alive, wants to work in your life, and you, and you think about that feeling, right, where I described it earlier, where it's like that feeling of, mm, that's not quite right. That's not just a gut reaction. That's not just your conscience, but that's the Holy Spirit breathing, breathing into your life. And what I would challenge you with is this, is be, be cognizant of that. Listen to the Holy Spirit, because here's the, here's the reality. Stuff goes all, all the time. I, I, the other day, I was watching a YouTube video. And there's this preacher, and he was preaching, and everything was sounding great for a while. And then he started talking, and there got to this point to where it was uh, in my spirit. I just was like, hmm, I don't, I don't know. And it was the Holy Spirit saying, something here is not quite right. Do a, little, do a little more investigation here. And I did, and was not, not like, and I would tell you this. I think we as Christians got to be extremely, extremely, extremely careful because like I said, it's a proliferation of truth where we've got the word of God. But there's also a proliferation right now of the lies of the enemy and they're so easy to access on YouTube and podcasts and so many things. And I would say you need to be plugged into the local church to give you some discernment. Amen? Amen. That was a tough one, huh? Why is it important that you come to church? I would say this, because you need discernment in your life. Just bluntly. It's not the funnest thing to preach. That's not the greatest thing to come up here. It's not a rah-rah way. But I'm going to tell you it's important. And I tell you this because you need it in your life. You need discernment in your life. God's designed avenue to bring you discernment is the local church. That's what he says here, right? Here's the second thing is this. The local church is designed to help you grow to maturity through real relationships. Help you grow to maturity through relationships. Here's what Ephesians 4.15, right? As we're walking through this scripture, here's what the next verse says. It says, instead, right, once we've, once we've grown to maturity, we're not going to be wavering anymore. He says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who, in his, who is the head of his body, the church. Here's what I'd say is that we find growth in our lives when we have godly people that can speak into our lives. Notice what happens in this verse. He says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love. So there's people that are speaking into our lives. And then from that, right, the next part is the result of that, that we are growing in every way more and more like Christ. When you have people in your life that can speak truth into your life, that's when you grow. And we live in a world right now that is constantly trading deep relationships for surface level acquaintances. It's truth. It's what we're at. You think about Facebook, right? How many people know what's really going on in the depths of your life and not just your highlight reel on Facebook? Like on Facebook, I look like I'm awesome, right? Like it's great. But when you look into life, there's some stuff I'm walking through. There's some challenges, some situations in life. And every single one of us are like that. I don't care who you are. I don't care how strong you look on the outside. I don't care how much you put on a good exterior on Facebook. You're walking through some stuff. And it may not be disastrous. You may not be like at the end of your rope, but I guarantee you there's some things that you're trying to process through and walk through that you need some people in your life. Guarantee it, right? Here's where we come to. We come to a place in our culture right now that we value looking good on the exterior more than authentic relationships. Because we want everybody to have this outward aesthetic view of us. So we put out this outward view and we try to push that hard because that's what we value. That's what we celebrate, 
right? And so what we celebrate, we aspire to. And as a culture, we celebrate really good, put together outside images. And so when that is celebrated, that's what we aspire to. And then we've created a culture where we don't have any real deep, meaningful relationships, but we all look really good on the outside. And I'm going to tell you, that is a recipe for no depth, no maturity, and shallowness in your life. Because you know you can walk through those doors and come in here and somebody asks, hey, how are you doing? And you say, oh, I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm great. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. And go sit in your seat and never really get any growth out of your life. You need some people that will speak truth into your life. See, here's what I would tell you is this. Godly relationships are vital to you reaching maturity because you need people who know you well enough to speak into your life. And the fact of the matter is somebody can't speak into your life if they don't know you. I mean, that's the truth. If as long as you're putting on a fake exterior, how are they going to know what's going on and be able to speak into your life? This is why podcasts and, and YouTube videos and all of this can't take the place of the church. Because some, some guy on a podcast, although he may preach way better than I do, I'm going to tell you, he's not a part of your life to be able to speak into your life. You need a Jared, right? You need a Casey, right? You need, you need a Nathan. You need somebody in your life who's walking it out with you that can speak into your life. Those things are all great. I'm not harping on things that they're bad, right? I, I listen to podcasts. I watch videos. There's lots of great things that I do. But I want to tell you, it does not take the place of the church. The idea behind the church is that you are not alone and you have people who will speak into your life. That's what you need. And that's where you're going to find the most depth and growth in your life. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you from personal experience. I don't say this. Uh, so as far as like knowing the Bible, like I got a lot of knowledge about the Bible. I got two master's degrees about the Bible. I just finished up my dissertation to get my PhD. Like I know a lot about the Bible. We can get that, right? Like I can understand. I can read Hebrew. I can read Greek. We got a lot of understanding about the Bible. But I'm going to tell you, the most growth that I've had in my life isn't when these depth in moments where I've been reading the word of God and I get some amazing revelation that's super deep. But I'm going to tell you the moments that I've gained the most depth and maturity in my life isn't from all this education, but it's from walking it out with other people who speak into my life and they know my situations and they speak the word of God into my life. You know, you don't need all that extra stuff. I love what, when I come to education, I always think about it like Paul. I love Paul. He says, I have the greatest education, but all that is lost. I'm just going to teach you about Jesus. That's my attitude here is this. That's great. I'm glad it pushed that aside. I'm going to tell you the thing that really grows you is relationships. People that can speak the word of God into your life. When I, when I look at my life, when I've had moments where I open up to people and they're able to speak life into me, that's the moments that change me. I think about like Jared, right? I talk, told y'all last week, like Jared and I have great relationships. There's moments where I'll open up. We'll talk to each other, right? Amazing moments of growth in my life. Uh, I think about when we went on an elder retreat. One of the things I tell you is you've got amazing elders in this church. And I, I remember when there was Todd and Leslie and Jared there, we just opened up and we're sharing our life stories and talking about what's going on. And then it gave each other opportunities to speak truth into our lives and say good things and begin to build us up and encourage us. And the greatest growth that I ever had was in those moments, right? I went and had lunch with Dino. I don't think Dino's in here. I think he's in the back this week. But I, but I went and had lunch with Dino. And I'll tell you what, like some of the best growth that I ever had was sitting across from the table from Dino. Like I've literally preached like four sermons off of the stuff that he told me in that. Like, like when I start drying up, I just need to go have lunch with Dino and say, what should I preach for the next month? But the reality is this, it's relationships. It's where you grow. 
It's where you grow. The best moments of growth have come through that. I love it, Ephesians 4.15, the way it talks about it. It says, instead, or what we've been talking about, it says, instead, he will, we will speak truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. And let me pause this. I want to I I address this real quick. When we say speak the truth in love, in our culture, we have made that that means I can say whatever I want um, because, I, because I'm speaking truth and it's the right thing to say. That's not what this is just about, right? Uh, what, I, what I think is funny is that we put such a negative context on truth and love, but you don't see that here, right? I'm going to say this. Truth, how many know God's truth can be like positive? I want to say this, it's not always corrective. There may be times where it's corrective and somebody corrects you in your life and that's a good thing. But it's not just a corrective thing. Speaking truth and love into somebody's life may be encouraging them about, about how they are as a parent and speaking truth and love into them and speaking God's word. And maybe somebody who feels like maybe that, that they're not enough and like they feel like they don't have anything to offer God. And so you go speak the truth and love into them. And you say, hey, let me tell you what God says about you. And I know the lies of the enemy that you've been believing about your purpose. And I know the lies that you've been believing about who you are. But let me tell you what God says about you. You know what that is? That's truth and love. And I think we've shortchanged ourselves as a church and as a society that is becoming more and more abrasive, that as a church, we followed that abrasiveness and think that truth and love is always corrective and mean, but can I tell you, it's often encouraging and nice. I don't know. Sorry, that was just a rambling. Oh, man. I love it. The scripture says growing more and more comes through people speaking truth into your life, and that's the God-designed way to do that is the local church. There's no way around it. That's why you need to be plugged in. You need people. You need real godly relationships. And let me say it this way, too. Not every relationship is equal. Right? You need deeper relationships in your life. And so you can't say, oh, I can have relationships everywhere and anywhere. And oh, God. No, you need godly relationships in your life. Somebody that is not godly, that is not plugged into the word of God, that is not plugged into a church, they cannot speak truth in love because they don't have truth flowing out of them. You need right people in your relationship. I'd say this. Uh, you think about Jesus, right? Even Jesus had layers of relationships. Think about him, right? It was Jesus. And then he had an inner circle, Peter, James, and John. These three guys were walking with him. And then he had the 12 disciples that were there. And then he had a, another group of followers outside of that and outside. Like there was a group of core people, right, that he had in his life that were close people. And I would say this to you. You, you don't need 800 people in your life that you just go and spill your beans to. I'm not saying that. But you do need one or two. You need somebody that you can walk through and speak to and somebody that is godly, that has the truth of God in their life, and that when you come to them and say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with, here's what I'm going with, they don't go, oh, well, just poor you, but that they're able to encourage you and help you, right? Like, like it doesn't help you if somebody just empathizes but does not also help grow, right? And there is a time, and I want to say this, I want to pause for some of you that are super Christian and you think, well, I don't got to empathize, I just got to speak truth. no. Like, those are two hands. Like, there's two things that we do, empathy and, right, and truth. You think about Jesus when he goes, shows up to Lazarus, when he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Amazing moment, right? He shows up, and then there's also um, uh, Mary and Martha, uh, Lazarus' sisters. And Jesus doesn't just go up and, like, just speak truth and just like, all right, I'm going to here, and we're just going to raise him from the dead. It's done. But what does Jesus do first? He weeps with them first, and then... He goes, and then he raises him from the dead. Now, here's what's cool about that story, right? Jesus knew the whole time he was going to raise him from the dead. 
But what does he do? He still weeps with them, right? Because that's empathy. He, like he's not sitting there going like, oh, what's, what, you know, like uh, he's not crying over Lazarus because Lazarus is going to raise from the dead. But he sees the despair and the hurt and the brokenness in Mary and Martha. He weeps with them and then he begins to work in the situation. And I'd say as believers, we need to do both of those things. Some of us are really good at truth and really bad at empathy. And then some of us are really good at empathy and no good at truth. And as, as a church, we've got to be really good at both of those things. Walk those out, that balance of those two things. We've got to do that. You need people in your life that can do that. You need to do that. And I, I just, I can't say it any more bluntly than that, is you need one, two, three people in your life that you can open up to that can help you with truth and empathy in your life. It's vital to your life. And here's the third thing is this. Number three that we see in the scripture is this, is that the local church is designed to help you reach your full potential through relationships. Verse 16, right? We're walking through this. Here's the next verse. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. In other words, we all have pieces of the puzzle and our picture is incomplete without you. I'm going to say this. The church needs you and you need the church, right? There's pieces of the puzzle that you have that we need but also we have a bunch of pieces of the puzzle that you need. And it's when we come together, right? Paul talks about it as a body over and over that there were different parts of the body that we need each other. It's important to your life. Let me say it this way. The church needs you and you need the church. Here's the way I would say it to you is that there is a God-given potential inside of you that you will never reach in isolation. There's a God-given potential that God wants to work through you that you will never reach in isolation. Paul pounds this idea over and over, right? When he talks about the body, that you are the body, that we are different parts, that we come together and as we work together, right, that we, we reach the kingdom of God and we, and we bring God's kingdom into the world. We do these amazing things. That's a beautiful thing. But the idea behind all of that and underneath all of it is you can't do it on your own and you got to work together. It's the truth. Now, you think about it. I think about Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady. Like, like you're either on, if you're my age, right, you're either like team Peyton Manning or team Tom Brady, and I'm 100% Peyton Manning, um, and did not like that guy at all, but I'm going to tell you what is, he was incredibly successful, right? He's won like the most Super Bowls as a quarterback, beat out the great Joe Montana for the most Super Bowls, and it's just frustrating, incredibly frustrating, and, but I'll tell you one of the reasons why he did it. Right, and I, I was reading an interview with Scott Pioli, who is the VP of um, of oh, what do you call it? personnel for the Patriots for all those years, and he talked about the reason why they were able to be so successful for all those years is when every other quarterback, including Peyton Manning, right, maxing out their contracts and getting these like giant contracts that took up all of the money from the organization. All these guys doing that. You know what Tom Brady did? He took a pay cut. And he took less money, and it's that way they could pay other people around him because he said, I want, I want to have people around me that can help me succeed. You know what's amazing about that? You, know, you want to know the guy that, that had all the success? Tom Brady. You know why? Because he put the right people around him. He's willing to sacrifice his own life to put the right people around him. I want to tell you for your life, there is potential that you will never reach on your own unless you have the right people around you to walk it out with you. Relationships are vital to your life. 
God doesn't play around with this. He doesn't just go, hey, you might need some people. No, over and over and over and over. He's saying, you need to be around godly people. They've got gifts that you need. You got gifts that they need. It's about us working together. We gotta do this thing together. Don't forsake the gathering together of the saints, but encourage each other. Walk with each other. Gather together over and over and over and over and over. He says, we've gotta do this. And if it's in there so many times, I'm going to tell you, it's vital to your life. There's only so far you're going to go on your own. In your life, you need people around you. You will never grow beyond your ability if you live your life in isolation. Because as long as you're in isolation, it's, everything is dependent on how your gifts are and how great you are. And you're only going to go so far and you're never going to outgrow yourself. But when you have people in your life that help you, that compliment you, that stand by you, that have talents different than yourself, then your ability becomes exponential because you're working together. That's why God created the church. I, I love 1 Peter 4.10, the way it says it. It says this. It says, God has given each of you. Everybody say each. Each means you. Doesn't mean maybe possibly that God maybe may have given you a gift. And if you're really, really nice, then God might actually like to do something through your life. That's not what it says. It says that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And let me say that variety is important. Right? It doesn't mean that you're talented in the same way that I am or that God gifted you in the same way as Jared or that God gifted. No, we, if we, what we do, and this is the hard part, if we're honest, we judge our gifts that God gives us on other people's gifts. And so sometimes we feel like, oh, I would really like that gift, but I don't have it. God just gave me this thing. And so I'm not as good. I can't be used. I'm not this. I'm not that. Let me tell you, God wants to use you, that he gave you a gift. Do you got something that you need to contribute and we got something that we can contribute to you. See, the world has this dumb narrative about Christianity that we're all about uniformity. And it makes me laugh that, that oh, Christians, that, that we just want to put everybody inside of a box. And we want to make everybody this. And everybody's got to be this thing. What you see in Scripture over and over and over is that we are some odd ducks. Like we all are unique, that we are different, that we all got different gifts and abilities. And it's when we come together with our uniqueness that God is able to do something greater than we could ever do on our own. That's what the Bible teaches. It's not this idea of we're trying to pound everybody into a box and make everybody the same, but that your uniqueness is placed in you by God and we need it. So the word of God says that you are unique, that you have unique abilities, unique passions, unique insights, unique gifts from God, and our lives are anemic unless we are in relationship with each other. Like, I, I don't know what you have to offer, I genuinely don't. Maybe some of y'all I do, but I don't know for all of you what you got to offer, but here's what I tell you. I can tell you, we need you. We need you. We need you. And you need us. Local church is designed to help you reach your full potential through relationships. So here's where I'll wrap everything up this morning. Why does the local church matter to your life? Why does it matter that you show up in this building? Why does it matter that you take time out of your day on a Sunday or, or to come to a women's event on a Tuesday or show up to youth on a Wednesday or a man's event on a Wednesday? Or why, why does it matter? Like, does it even matter? Here's what I would say. It matters because it is the God-designed avenue to bring you maturity in your life, and which results in, right, the Word of God says, discernment, growth, and relationships that help you reach your full potential. It's the God way to get it to you. We can try to do it on our own. Go ahead, but you ain't going to get there. It's when we come together 
We do what God says, right? And we grow together. We have people in our lives that we grow to maturity. There's a depth of maturity in your life that you will never reach outside of the church. That's why it's important that you show up. I want to bring this up today because uh, church is messy, right? There are all kinds of things. I think about it like this. Uh, I think it's important. <laughs> church is messy and it's just like a marriage is messy right like I had Casey convinced that I was awesome when we got married and then we got married and she realized that there there was a facade that she figured out behind that wasn't as awesome as she thought uh, right but you know what as we walk through marriage it's that relationship that's so building and so great and she walks this thing out with me and I'd say it this way I want to I want to encourage you today as I know the church is messy I know there may be some people that maybe at times have rubbed you the wrong way. I don't know. You know, I know there may be things that, that it's just, there may, be a, there, there may be a weirdo across the road from you that you're like, oh, man. <laughs> right? Church is different. We're unique. And I would say this, is that it is a little messy, but everything with people is messy. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But here's what I want to tell you is this. If you'll engage, if you'll come, and you'll be a part, if you walk it out with grace and mercy and love and kindness, man, I'll tell you, you will reach maturity and levels that you will have never gotten on your own. Relating it back to marriage, I'll say this. Uh, I have never matured more than being in a deep relationship with my wife. She's grown me in ways I could never imagine, built me up in ways I could never imagine. In moments when I was in the depth and like, uh, you know, you're, you're at your worst and you're thinking, believe in all kinds of lies about the enemy. There's times where she encouraged me that nobody else could have like she did, right? What is that? That's a microcosm picture of what the church is called to be, right? God relates us to the church, the church to a marriage relationship all the time, and that's what it is. It's that relationship of somebody that knows you, walks it out with you, can help you walk away from it, have discernment, give you wisdom, and walk in your life. And I would say this, vital to you, and I know this isn't a big raw raw spot, but I'm just going to tell you as bluntly as I can and be as honest with you can because I love you, is that you need the church. You need to be plugged in. And I would encourage you to do it. It's vital to your life. And I guarantee you, here's what, here would be my promise to you. If you don't believe me, come be a part of the church for a year. You can try it out for a year. It was at 52 Sundays. If you just try Sundays, come for 52 Sundays. That's 52 hours out of an entire year. Maybe come to a small group. Well, we got a small groups that are starting up today. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little while. And we got like a 10-week semester. So that's like 10 hours that you're committing. Try it. And I guarantee you're going to find growth in your life from it. And I guarantee you'll come to the end and go, okay, God did something in it. Take a step. Push in because there is something in your life that you will never unlock outside of the church. God designed it that way. God built it that way. That's what we need. Amen. Amen. Hey, we bow your head, close your eyes with me. I want to pray for you this morning. God, we thank you for your great design. You are smart, that you are wise, wiser than we are, and that you loved us so much that you built this whole entire apparatus of the church to help us, right? That you, you knew you were going to save us, but at the same time that you didn't want to leave us on our own or we just had to figure this thing out on our own and try to survive on our own, but God, that you designed us for relationship, that you designed us to walk this thing out together. 
And that, God, that you give us grace and mercy to actually be in real relationships. We thank you for that this morning. God, I pray that maybe some apprehensions that we have had to plug in or maybe to not get plugged in, God, that those things begin to fade away. That we begin to trust you. Begin to do what you called us to do. And God, I pray that we just find growth in our lives from it. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name.